My manager and agent called me in, um, who did very well by me in you know, 12 years on Hercules and Andromeda, and I'd done a bunch of movies up until 2012, and they said, we can't work with you anymore. Uh, and I said, why? And I said, well, because, you know, in some studios, you being a Christian and conservative, I went, wow. You know, you guys are the ones that scream for tolerance for decades and freedom of speech for decades, but they're hypocrites like all the rest of them are. Sure. I mean, it's, it's do as I say and not as I do mentality. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt McMorris, and I believe that the Bible is what we need to help us live, think, and love like Jesus. As a pastor, I find that people are way too busy sometimes and might actually need some help understanding what the Bible teaches about a multitude of different topics. So join me as I interview pastors, theologians, and students of Scripture as we seek to know what the Bible says, what it means, and why it matters. If you want to know Jesus and His Word better, but realize that once on Sunday just isn't cutting it, then subscribe to the show, because this is Grace Beyond Sunday. Hey everybody, Matt McMorris here, really excited about today's guest here on Grace Beyond Sunday. His name is Kevin Sorbo. He's been acting for over 40 years, he's a director, he's done a lot of different great work, and a super nice guy. We had a great conversation, really thoroughly enjoyed my time talking to Kevin. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the movie that just came out called Left Behind, uh, The Rise of the Antichrist. And so if you grew up on some of those books or the movies, then you're going to enjoy that. Uh, but even even more than that, we talked about uh, faith and we talked about his life as an actor. Uh, we didn't have a long conversation because he's doing nine or ten hours a day when we recorded this uh, talking about the movie because this is before the movie has come out is when we had this conversation and so he was doing a ton of kind of marketing and and whatnot for this. Um, but he's he's known best for his roles in Hercules and Andromeda back in the 90s but since then he's done over 80 movies and he's got like I think he said like five movies that he's working towards and five movies he's working on. He's just got a lot going on, and he's really trying to produce a lot of faith-based or uh, faith-positive content. You know, maybe not all uh, Christian per se, but all good, wholesome stuff, but a lot of it is even Christian-based content. And so uh, he's got a lot of that kind of stuff that he's working on, and he's he's just finished up with Left Behind, and that's now being shown in, in something that uh, I think would be a worthwhile time uh, spent for you and your family watching a movie like that. Uh, he's an actor, a director, he's everything else in between. He's done a lot of stuff, but what's great about Kevin and he's, is that he's also a Christian and he's a Christian whose faith has not always, like so many of us, he's got a faith that that hasn't always been easy to live out. I mean, he's in the movie industry, and we talk a little bit about how he got into that industry and whatnot, and so it's it's an interesting conversation, but I... I asked him, I was like, how do you think this has affected you in, in, in the finances that you could have earned and, and in the roles you could have played? And, and so he gets honest about some of those things. But what I loved about the conversation is he said that he would do it all again in the sense that he really truly believes that he's put on this earth for a bigger reason than just to make blockbuster hits. And there's there's a lot of actors, and he, he talks about this in our conversation, a lot of actors that may be believers but aren't necessarily standing up for those beliefs. And so I'm thankful for a guy like Kevin. Um, and look, I, I know if you, if you get down into the theological weeds, maybe you agree with Kevin on some stuff, maybe you don't agree with Kevin on some stuff, and that's okay. Um, you, you don't have to think that, that Kevin is right on everything for this to be a good conversation, and I think it's a conversation that you're going to enjoy, uh, and I certainly am thankful that he took the time to spend it with me. Uh, so uh, here's the reality. So many of us are living out um, our day-to-day -day lives 
at times finding it difficult to be outspoken in our Christianity. I had a conversation recently with somebody who's prolific in our community, somebody who serves in a, in a public setting, um, and we talked a little bit about how I wish that even they would be a little bolder in their testimony and be a little bolder in standing up for truth and right, but it's so hard because it can cost you a salary, it can cost you a job, it can cost you friendships, it can you can get called names, and there's all kind of things that can happen, and all of that has happened to Kevin, and he talks about that and addresses it in today's episode. And so uh, we talk about why he chose to be outspoken and what it cost him, but why he continues to do it and and what uh, what his purpose is for all of that. So we're going to get to that episode right now, but first, I want to take a second to tell you about today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is Ashka Adventures, and let me tell you, Ashka Adventures is a, a series of children's books that were written by Deb Glenn, who's an author and a keynote speaker, and she's also a part of our church, and the books are amazing, but what's really exciting is that now she's written a feature-length animated film, and it is really close to going to production, and I cannot wait for this to happen. This is going to be a great family-friendly movie that I'm going to want all of you to see, so we're going to start pushing it right now. And here's the description. Join uh, uh, join Ashka, the littlest sled dog, and her friends as they embark on an epic adventure through the wilds of Alaska's backcountry. Two diverse teams of sled dogs come together for a common good with purpose-driven passion, persistence, wit, and humor to save the day in a race against time. Their challenging journey takes them over the Talkeetna Mountains, across breathtaking spires, through dazzling shards of glacier ice, down iceberg-laden rapids, and fighting through binding blizzards to near-treacherous drop-offs. Get ready for an animated adventure like no other, where the wolf, the wind, and the wild come to test even the mightiest of sled dogs. The scenery is magical, the suspense will have you holding your breath, the comedy and frivolity will make your jaws hurt. Learn more at ashkaadventures.com. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for, for joining me and being a part of this. Uh, I really want to kind of get to know Kevin the Christian, if possible, because my, really sure. my heart in this podcast is to help encourage believers in their walk with God. And mm -hmm. so tell me a little bit about your faith journey. Where, where did it begin for Kevin Sorbo? When did you come to know the Lord? Well, I, I'm in your arch rival state. I'm a Minnesota Viking guy, and my best oh, no. my best news was you guys didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> so I, but I predicted. I said, well, I, we'll I, lose I think I'm losing you. I think I'm losing you. Oh, sorry, folks. We're not going to be able but to continue. I, I knew, but I knew in the first round. I said the Vikings aren't going to beat the Giants because our defense was horrible this year. I mean, we had you know 13 amazing wins. I think all by 12 of the 13 or 11 by 13, or one score or less. So uh, yeah. we got lucky to get as far as we did. We got a good. We got a decent offense but boy does our defense need work well, and so, the Packers only had a decent stretch at the end but they weren't yeah they weren't a they Super Bowl alive, down they team they came alive no no question but uh um I got a brother lives there in West Allis and he became a he became a Packer fan he, he used to be a, a teacher in the wrestling coach at St. John's Military Academy there in Delaware okay and so, and I said, you become a Packer, and then you were never a Viking fan, I said. So, but but <laughs> anyway, trainer. my journey, I'm, I'm, I'm typical Minnesota, Scandinavian, Norwegian kid. Uh, we grew up in a Lutheran church, St. John's Lutheran Church. Uh, I grew up in a little town called Mound, Minnesota, which is on the western shore of Lake Minnetonka, just outside the Minneapolis suburbs there. And uh, um, I've always had a faith, I think. you know, I mean, there was a couple things that certainly... Uh, 
furthered my belief. I, I don't think I never, I, I never stopped believing. You know, I mean, sure. I, I always tell people that atheist friends and agnostic friends or people just attack me Internet. And I go, so you're going to tell me that something came from nothing, that everything just happened. All this billions of stars. It just happened just by accident. And I, I, I just I don't know. I don't know how God started. I don't we'll know that answer one day. There's no yeah. doubt we won't know that answer one day. But it's to me, it's like you can't get something from nothing. I tell I tell people who made who made the car you're driving. Well, somebody made it. I go, exactly. Somebody made it. So um, my faith has always been there. But we had a really good um, uh, youth pastor at my church growing up. Yeah. And he had a, on Wednesday nights, like after football practice, basketball practice, um, we'd go to church. Um, there were obviously, you know, teenagers and members at the church. And his place was called The Room, where it was, it was basically two of the Sunday school rooms. They took the curtain apart. They had bean bags and couches. And we'd hang out with Pastor Lee, you know. And he was a cool guy. He's like 23, 24. So I felt like I could relate to him more. Then our pastor yep. was like in the 70s when I was growing up as a kid that he to me was just a scary guy and everything was hell and brimstone and fire. And we're all, you know, don't breathe. It's a sin, you know. So, right. <laughs> um, but Pastor Lee was just a cool guy. And that made a big difference uh, in my life. And, um, you know, my parents always were strong Christians. My father passed away about 10 years ago. But my dad was my best buddy, you know, and, um, you know, he was the best man at my wedding. He was my golfing buddy. And. I miss him every day, and it's just, you know, there was, I, I'm very lucky. I grew up in a community that was great for education back then, um, not yeah. today's public schools, um, great for community involvement, great, you know, everybody, I mean, I think like 5,000 of the 7,000 people in that time would show up at our football games, you know, so it was just, it was just fun. It was just a great place to grow up. My best buddies are guys I've known since, since grade school to this day. Yeah. So... Growing up in, in a Christian environment, what then led you into the movie industry? How did um, you get started? And, and when I was in fifth grade, our school um, took a field trip into the Guthrie Theater. It's a very famous theater in Minneapolis, it's the St. Paul area. Um, and it's uh, a lot of Broadway plays start there before they even move to Broadway. Like The Lion okay. King is a perfect, perfect example of that. So sure. we, went to see, uh, we went to see The Merchant of Venice. And um, I don't know what the heck they're saying because I was 11 years old and it was Shakespeare. <laughs> so yeah. it was hard to follow it and figure it out. But I was mesmerized by the actors on stage. And that really set the tone for me. And I told my mom that night, I said, I want to be an actor when I grow up. And she said, that's nice, dear. Um, but, you know, I was a jock. <laughs> I was a football, basketball, baseball guy. And as a jock, you made fun of the guys in the, in the drama yeah. classes. You know, and even though I'd walk by, Mr. G was our, our drama coach in high school. We'd walk by, yeah, a bunch of wussies. But then I'd be peeking in there and say, what are they doing in there, you know? And, and I always joked. I said, but guys, the best-looking girls are in the drama class. You know that. But, but it would, this seed was set for me. And then in my college years, um, I, I started getting involved um, with some acting classes. And I started getting involved with... Um, commercial work. I signed with okay. a, a, an agency in Minneapolis there because Minnesota, I like, you know, a lot of people don't realize their national headquarters were like Target and Best Buy and 3M and uh, General Mills and all these companies. So I did a lot of yeah. commercials during my college years. So I had that all important Screen Actors Guild card, that SAG Union card before I moved to LA. So the seed was set early for me and by, by college time, I wasn't worried about the click world anymore. And I said, you know what? I want to be an actor. I had a double, I had a double business major but I had a minor sure. drama because I knew what I wanted to do. Sure. So where, what, was your, what was your spiritual life like in those college days? Were, were you passionate about the Lord? Was that, were you attending church still as you were growing up into adulthood? Um, yeah, there was a church I used to go up there at Moorhead, Moorhead University. I went to Moorhead State University, Fargo-Moorhead area. Um, but but um, it was more 
I've always, I, like I said, I've always been a Christian. I'm certainly not a perfect human being in any way, and I think that's the biggest thing that agnostics and atheists, you guys think you're better than everybody else. And I'm going, you know what? I, and, in some cases, there are some people that you know, are holier than thou, and you better follow Jesus, you better do that kind of stuff. I don't think that's what God, you know, Jesus and God call us to harvest that way. Um, I want to do movies that inspire people um, to give them hope. Because I think yeah. hope is the biggest thing missing in the world right now. I think the biggest killer of uh, not only in, in America, but the world is apathy. People just given up and they've let fear rule their lives. That's government's favorite weapon is fear. And we saw it played out full time when the, during COVID. I mean, I tell people and I go, well, what has changed? COVID still exists. Why are we not wearing masks 24 hours a day? Why aren't we six feet right. apart? You know, pardon me. I got kind of loud. I got a helicopter going overhead right now. Um, no but, um, it's 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 fear is what government loves to do and to me i said look this is a trial test they want to see how much they can make us you know don't go to church right during covid really right can't go to church and if you do don't sing don't go out loud but the, the strip clubs are open apparently those were right. essential liquor liquor stores were essential none of it made any sense don't go to parks don't go walk along the lake or the ocean i mean it was insanity and people actually paid attention to it you got crazy states like california that arrested people walking outside by themselves without a mask on and it's just, I'm glad I moved to Florida four, four years ago. So I left the worst governor of the country for the best governor of the country. I think DeSantis right. is, a, is a rock star and he's a lion. He's not afraid to speak the truth. And I think that's what we need to do is wake up the lions because the sheep are going to be the sheep. But for me, um, I've always been a, a man of spirit. I mean, I loved, I loved the church that I had in California for the last 10 years. I still, we still, we have a church out here uh, up in Jupiter, Florida, but there's, we, when we get back home at two o'clock in the afternoon, we watch the 11 o'clock live feed from the church. So we get a yep. double dose on, on Sundays because Pastor Rob is still my, 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 my pastor in my heart because I, I love the fact that he says, I'm not afraid to work my congregation down to a manageable size. Because unfortunately, go. I think a lot of churches and a lot of pastors out there have become woke. And they, 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 they listen. And I do a lot of speaking about it, I do a lot of pro life speaking, Christian education events. And I say, look, pastors out there, you work for God, not for government. I think you need to remember that. Yeah, you're really, and I, and I say this as a compliment, you're really outspoken about this stuff, which is, I would guess, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I would guess that there's more believers in Hollywood and, and in that industry than yeah. we're aware of, but many of them are very quiet about it. You wouldn't even necessarily know. Yeah. Why, why the outspokenness? You talk about waking the lions. Where does that passion come from? Um, I, I think I've always been that way. And my wife warned me about a dozen years ago that I was getting more vocal on Facebook and stuff. But I, would, I don't post angry things. I don't get, you know, what you see what the left does and what the, what the non-believers do. I, mean, I get attacked on Twitter all the time. Facebook took me down two years ago for speaking the truth because Zuckerberg and his little minions don't believe in the truth. I mean, right yeah. now they want people to believe in lies and, and hate and anger and divisiveness. So um, she was right. My manager and agent called me in, um, who did very well by me and, you know, 12 years on Hercules and Andromeda and I'd done a bunch of movies up until 2012, and they said, we can't work with you anymore. Uh, and I said, why? And I said, well, because, you know, in some studios, you're being a Christian and conservative. And I went, wow. You know, you guys are the ones that scream for tolerance for decades and freedom of speech for decades, but they're hypocrites like all the rest of them are. Sure. I mean, that's, it's do as I say and not as I do mentality. Um, these are the same people when there's a shooting somewhere, they've got to get rid of guns. And the same A-list stars that come out and say that are the same ones that just killed 100 people in their last movie with guns. So maybe they should start walking the walk. They're all just, they're, they, they're just filled with such hypocrisy. I, I got tired of it, and I'm not afraid of it anymore. Because all these people that attack me, they don't have the guts to come up to me in public and say something to me. I'm willing to have an open discussion with somebody. I'm not right. looking for a fight. I'm looking to have a good debate. 
But, you know, these people are these people, are people I honestly believe, I did a documentary on the people not only attack me, but like Antifa people and stuff like that. If I could talk to them one-on-one and do a documentary on them, and I won't show their face because, you know, they all cover their faces up, don't they? They right. don't want to be, let people know who they are. They, that tells they don't you something the right there. Oh, yeah, they don't have the guts to even do that. But yeah. to me, it's like, I bet you the majority of these people hate who they are. They look in the mirror and hate what they see. And their lives didn't turn out the way they wanted them to turn out. They maybe had one or two failures, so they gave up on life. They just, you know, they, they blame a God they don't believe in. They blame the world, the government, everybody else. Please take care of me now, you know? And yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's interesting that uh, I think, if anything, these people need prayer, our prayer, more than anything else. Because these are lost, lost souls that want to drag you and me right down to the black hole they're living in. And all their anger does is make their lives more miserable because it's just it's like a cancer. It's like being yeah. an alcoholic. You have to want to help yourself. Sure. What did when your agent dropped you like 12 years ago or so, what what do you think that and some of this is speculation? What do you think that did for your career from maybe finances is probably the way to kind of <laughs> oh, answer, like they, what did it just not destroy you because God's blessed you. But like from what it yeah. could have been, I assume it's drastically oh, sure. different. Sure. Yeah, because, I mean, all of a sudden, I'm not going to get called in to do any of the bigger movies anymore or the new TV shows. I've seen plenty of TV shows in the last 12 years that I've been perfect for certain roles. I see it yeah. every year. But then I, I look and I said, you know what, it's fine. They owe me nothing. Hollywood owes me nothing. I, I've had a great career with them. And then I knew enough people in the business. I've been in the business for 40 years. I hate to admit it's been yeah. that long, but it's been just 40 years. And I know a lot of people. So I formed Sorbo Studios. Go to SorboStudios.com. Yep. My wife and I, uh, we formed that. We've been doing our own film since. I've shot 60 movies since they, 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 they got rid of me. And so, I, you know, it's, it's some we're able to, you know, get funding for on our own, but some that are already funded, independent movies that come to me and say, hey, do you like this script? Like God's Not Dead is a perfect example. They yeah. uh, Pureflix came to me and said, hey, um, what do you think of this character? You, you're comfortable playing an atheist. And I said, sure, I know people like this. I'm happy yeah. to play this role. I mean, I joke all the time. I played an atheist college professor, and I say, I'm sorry, that's redundant. I played a college professor. That's all you got to say. <laughs> so, pretty much covers it. But I'm telling so, you right now, you, you hit on the nail. There are a lot of uh, – uh, we're, we're the new the Christians, even conservatives or Christian conservatives. We are the new people in the closet because the gay community is out of the closet. Now, we're the ones that got to be in the closet. And right. I just said, I'm not going to be in the closet. I'm going to do, you know, this country, as you know, is founded on Judeo-Christian values. You can hate God all you want, but this country exists, this great country, because of, of people that were people of faith. Yeah. Well, and you decided to, to go ahead and hit both of them, be a Christian and a conservative. And be I'm, a, I'm, a double lep- I'm a double leper in Hollywood, yes. <laughs> so when, when you went through that, that process of getting dropped by your agent, what, cause, because... Here's what I'm trying to get. I, there's so many people that are not nearly as public as, as you, um, yeah. but that, that struggle with being bold in their walk and their testimonies for, for the Lord. So what was it like? Now you look back and you say, oh, yeah, that Hollywood doesn't know me anything. I'd be fine. But in the moment, I'm sure it kind of was a kick in the gut. I mean, how, how was that personally, and how did you get through that uh, in that moment? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised by it because, you know, my wife and I talked about it for two years leading up to that point. Sure. So I, when they called me in, and I knew when they're both going to be at the same office because the manager was at least 15 miles away from my, where my agent was. And in L.A., 15 miles is like an hour and a half drive. So yeah. I knew that when they were together, I said, oh, this is going to be like an intervention. I, I, knew, I knew it was coming. So I, I wasn't surprised about it, but I was okay with it. And I felt comfortable with it because I knew God would open another door for me, and he did. And really yeah. my first unapologetic unapologetically based faith-based film was really called a movie called what if 
Now, What If yep. is written by the same guys who did God's Not Dead. In my book, What If is my top three. It's a better movie than God's Not Dead. If really? your viewers have not seen What If, I highly recommend it. And it was funded by Jerry Jenkins, and it was directed by Dallas Jenkins, who's now doing yep. something called The Chosen, which has gotten quite long. A little minor success. Yeah, it's done okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you, you did What If, you've done God's Not Dead, you've done all of these movies that have a message, that have some intentionality yeah. to them. I would say... In, in, in many ways, in, in, the, in the faith-based world, you're one of the most, if not the most influential actor. What, what, is, that, what is that like for you? How, what drew you to, to that? I mean, because I would assume you could, even in, in, in the independent world, you could make more money doing independent films that don't have sure. some of those messages. So, oh, yeah. so why this? Um, because I think this has become uh, sort of the road and the path and the, my calling to do this. I, I, yeah. I mean, I'll even give the writers, they wouldn't even make Hercules the same way they did it back when I shot that show from 1993 to 2000. Because even though it was mythological, they had a lot of good morality in the show, which I thought was great. And yeah. uh, they wouldn't do that today. They'd do a whole different show. They'd make Hercules a transgender or something. You know, they would, they would change all that. <laughs> and I, and, and the, that's just the truth. It's a fact of what they're doing right now. And... Uh, I just said, you know, I want to do movies that have hope and love and redemption and laughter and things that Hollywood used to do before the 60s, because the 1960s changed everything for Hollywood, where they started making the anti-hero, uh, the bad guy, the good guy. Uh, right. Let's glorify this person now. Um, you look what sitcoms do in the day. They all, the dad's always kind of a fad, doofus guy. The mom's always hot. The teenage kids are always making fun of dad. And I think that has helped to contribute to the breakup of the American family, because they I just don't... 100% agree. Yeah, even in the cartoons, you look at Family Guy, you look at Simpsons, the dad is just a dork and an idiot, and the kids, everybody's smarter than dad for the most part. So um, I, I wanted to do movies that, that had a positive influence. Not every movie I've done is great, I admit to that. There's some really horrible movies that I, I regret doing. But for the most part in the last 10 years, I've done movies that I'm, I'm pretty proud of, and I'm going to keep doing movies that... Uh, that hopefully speak to people. I like a good Avengers movie too, with all the visual effects. But it's like a roller coaster ride. I want to do movies that people walk out and go, "Wow, that was interesting. That was kind of a cool movie." You know, I can identify with this guy or I, you know, this person. I know someone like that. Whatever it may be, I want to do movies that make people think about it and talk about it afterwards. Yeah, I identify. Whenever we watch, we watched um, one of the Thor movies the other day, and I always tell my kids. We just look so much alike. So that's really I identify with Thor just because of really the, <laughs> there you go. the physical nature. <laughs> Um, with these with these movies that you're doing, what what's the difference? Just because I think it'd be curious. I'm, I'm curious the perspective on this. A movie that you do, the budget for that compared to let's let's take if, if the Avengers and they're going to do a movie like sure. that. What's the budget difference in a movie like that? Maybe you, you got, we'll talk about it in a minute. But like Left about, Behind, about two hundred ninety-five million dollar difference. They oh, do three hundred million dollar movies. We do. I do four, five million or less movies. And, um, you know, that's catering budget on movies like that, like a movie like The Avatar. But uh, we do really good movies. The scripts are just as good as anything in Hollywood. We just don't have all these, you know, $200 million of visual effects. Um, right. We do movies that uh, speak to people and hopefully motivate people. And, um, you know, every time we've been funded for anything, it's been a God thing. You know, we're, we're yeah. always trying to get money. I do the minimum. I'm still DGA. I'm still SAG. I'm still in the union. So when I, when I take uh, direct and when I act, I take the minimum. I don't sit there and take. I made a lot more money in Hercules and Andromeda, trust me. But I want to do movies that have a, a better effect on people. And, uh, and, and that's, that's what I'm going to keep doing. And by the way, I hate to say this, but we've got to be done in five minutes. I've got so many interviews today that no I've got to heart out in five minutes. 
So t- tell me about you've got another movie coming up. You got several movies you said coming up this year. Uh, what yep. what do you got going on this year? And then tell me about Left Behind because I know that's coming out this month. Left Behind is the biggest one right now. Please go to leftbehindmovie.com, leftbehindmovie.com. You can see the trailer. You can find out what theater is close to you. Uh, this is the next chapter in the books from Jerry Jenkins and Tim LaHaye. And this is a sequel to the previous movie that they did with Nicolas Cage. I've taken over that role of Rayford Steele, the pilot in the books. And this deals with six months after the rapture. And there's about five different storylines that all come together at the very end. But this is an action thriller. We got the best possible. We made it current day. We did a big rewrite on it. Uh, Cloud 10 owns the rights to it. They're based out of Toronto. And uh, Paul Alon and his team, Jessica Parker, they did such an amazing job in the rewrite. And we, you know, we talk about the pandemic. We don't name it. We talk about sure. uh, uh, fake news. We talk about um, you know, one world government. We talk about one, one currency to cover the world. Everything that's in the news right now. And um, it's six months after, and you're going to still get people that will deny it. Trust me, when the sure. rapture does happen, people will still, all these, they'll, they'll still deny that it was God. They say, oh, it must have been aliens or something. They'll try to come up with something. But then you're going to get people like my character that's going to go on a spiritual journey. Why was I left behind? Well, I didn't have faith, and I knew that. My wife did. She's gone. My son did. He did. My college daughter stays behind. I love the fact they keep the college daughter behind because if the rapture happened right now, I think 90% of college students would be left behind because sure. they've been so misguided by our school systems. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Well, tell me this before you go. Um, what would you encourage people? Because because I, I appreciate your life and your testimony and how you've lived with a, with a bold faith. Those that are maybe a little shy, a little nervous about speaking their faith, especially you know in the last couple of years, you've had people in the medical industry, in a lot of doctors, sure. nurses, things like that. It's hard to maybe stand up for for their faith and 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 God. What would you say to encourage people as we as we check out here? Well, don't let anyone set you limitations. Too many people do. Too many people. Everybody decide. Look. I lost my job in Hollywood, and people are afraid to lose their job. But then I, can, I yeah. created a new job for me. I created a new avenue for me. If you're going to lose friends because of this, they weren't your friends. But it's time to stand up and be bold and not be afraid. I still have atheist friends. I have agnostic friends. I have, I have left-leaning friends. We have great discussions, great debates. We're not hating each other. But right. it's, it's crazy where the world is right now. And what's interesting, I think people are so sick of the woke world and cancel culture. More and more people are just saying enough is enough. And they're fighting back right now. Because everything they were doing to people in the medical profession, in the military, now they've gotten rid of the vaccine mandate. You don't have to have it now, all this kind of stuff. Because now they're, they're realizing that the whole push of the stuff, all of my conspiracy theories have come true. All of yeah. them have. Everything yeah. I posted is now is truthful. And uh, we need people to sit there and say, okay, we were wrong. But I'm not going to give those people a break on this. They, 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 they need to all come out and confess the fact. They don't have to confess to God, but confess the world. Look, we are wrong about this. Every doctor I talk to, because I do a lot of uh, speaking events, I've talked to doctors individually. They said six feet, that was made up. But of course it was. They said, if you yeah. really don't want to get a cold, you've got to be at least 20 feet apart. We can't live 20 feet apart from the world. We just can't. Lost, it's impossible. Yeah. And, uh, that, you know, the whole thing with mask wearing, it's been proven masks do absolutely nothing to stop the spread. Hello? It's been proven. But they're still going to push it. They're still going to push it because I'm telling you right now, and you see it played out in our government, governments around the world, fear is their favorite weapon. They want total control of your life. And everything our government's doing in America right now is exactly what the monarchy was doing 250 years ago. And that's why we had the Revolutionary War. But what our government now is doing is even worse. And people are letting them do it. Every time you give them an inch, they're going to take it and not give it back. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, Kevin. Thank you so much. I know you've got a lot. Before we started to hit the record button, you said you're doing nine, ten hours worth of interviews, and I appreciate you taking some time to join us here on this podcast. And uh, God bless, and good luck to, to Left Behind, and we'll hope everybody will go see it. 
leftbehindmovie.com. Check it out, people. Fill up those theaters. I'm telling you right now, we only get a four-day run. If we fill them up, we'll get more weeks. You want movies like this that are good for your family? We're fighting the Hollywood culture that they are winning. They're winning our cultural battle. we got to fight back. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Kevin. God bless, guys. Thanks. Thanks.